Now, let's talk sports with Kanoa Leahy on ESPN Honolulu. Hey, Kanoa's got the day off. You'll be back tomorrow. I'm Josh Pacheco from uh, Fullerton, California. That's where we are. It's Let's Talk Sports on ESPN Honolulu. You can get in touch with us. Our Zephyr Insurance text lines at 808-296-1420. You can call us at 808-296-1420. Coming up in a little while, we'll get to the NFL where uh, the Dallas Cowboys are in the news. One, because they just lost one of their coordinators. And another, uh, because it seemed like one of that coordinator's players was trashing him in a podcast and why it all brings to light what is not making sense but probably should uh that coming up uh, a little bit later on in the program we've got more university of hawaii tickets that will be given away sometime within the hour uh so hang by for that but of course uh we are here in fullerton where it is uh it is raining it is a little cold uh but it will not matter uh coming up in about what uh four five hours from now just about when uh, hawaii gets ready to take on Cal State Fullerton in uh, what is kind of an uh, you know important men's basketball match. If I say kinda, it is. Um, I've noticed kind of a dynamic here in the last week, and this goes back to uh, prior to the Cal Poly matchup, and obviously coming ahead to, to tonight. I've noticed a, a few things that you could look at as encouraging. You could look at it. In, in, in a number of different ways. I'll take it as encouraging. Um, there is a mood shift on this team that um, kind of tells you that this team does not find itself in the the doldrum that the standings would ultimately tell you that Hawaii is in. And there is, I think, some context to the standings as well that I think as Hawaii hits the midway point tonight um, that are, are certainly important. But I've watched this team now since even before Saturday's win against Cal Poly. Watched them through practice. Watched them through shoot-around today. And it's kind of like I'm watching a a, a different team. I'm thinking back to a conversation that I had, I want to say it was back on Friday, with Hunter Hughes on the afternoon show where we talked a little bit about, you know, what do you do to get out of a losing streak? What do you do to try to turn things around where – you know, you're you're just kind of stuck in this rut, offensively especially, and you're and you're not able to win games when you know you are better than that. And, um, you know, one of the things he said was, you know, sometimes you you've got to try to do something differently, maybe try to lighten it up a little bit. And so I've seen some of that, just a little bit. I mean, from before Saturday's game, even here in the last couple of days on the road. I've watched what feels like a different group, and that is positive because when you see teams that bo- that fall below expectations and are struggling to try to get to that point, it can break teams. Uh, and I don't say that just on a level of what we've seen in, in professional sports, but I'd, I'd be willing to say you do see it uh, on the collegiate side as well. Teams can be broken when they struggle, especially when they struggle at the things that they are normally very good at. Teams can also rise to the occasion when they've been punched in the mouth a couple of times. And while we don't really know the answer 
to what is ultimately going to be the result of what feels like this um, this newfound life that I think this team finds itself with. Um, it gives the belief that based on getting through Saturday, because at, at this point, stop looking at records, stop looking at, let's say, like looking at a Cal Poly and saying, well, we must win by 20. No, let's get away from that for a moment. Now it's just, it's wins. It's however you get them, you get them. That's what you need right now, and you can fine-tune things as you get um, you know, closer to the tournament. But it's um, it, 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 what I'm seeing right now from this group is I feel like I'm watching a team that knows it's been punched in the mouth a couple of times. They let it beat them up for a little bit. They kind of you know took it maybe too much to heart. I, I think of, of words that Aron Gannat has used with us in the past when he has said, you know, this team misses shots, they get sad. Uh, they get down on themselves, and and they make it worse. And what I'm seeing right now is a team that doesn't look sad. It's a, it's a team that looks like it's got this belief in one another that they are capable of, what, uh, of more than what they have shown. Uh, you'll hear a little bit later on, in a Rainbow Warrior Countdown presented by Hawaii Pacific Health tonight at 4. Uh, my conversation with uh, with John Montgomery, uh, who had the scout for this game. He is uh, the associate head coach. And, you know, we talked a little bit about the, the energy and, and what's different. And, you know, he said sometimes it just takes one game to just turn things around. And that's kind of what they feel like they have. It also you know, kind of feels like they have now settled in at least to some sort of a rotation, especially at the top. Um, we will likely see, unless something changes here in the next couple of hours, we'll likely see the freshman Tom Beatty uh, make another start at one of the guard positions alongside uh, Juan Munoz and Noel Coleman, uh, Bernardo da Silva, and, uh, and Justin McCoy at the post. Uh and it seems like that is something they have they have found themselves very comfortable with. Jovan McClanahan coming off of the bench has provided what they believe will be kind of a, a burst of energy, uh, a spark when he gets out there. Um, you know, that's that's something I think that they believe in. And then really after that, it's what do you get out of the Harry Rulia Devs? What do you get out of the Ryan Raps, the Akira Jacobs that will be? Uh, ultra important you know one of the things that you'll you'll hear my conversation with coach montgomery on a little bit later is post play because i do believe tonight and to a degree saturday as well when hawaii goes down to uc irvine post play is going to be one of the um biggest factors in this game hawaii is not deep at at the post um you know, losing more sec for whatever minutes he gave you, whatever fouls he also accumulated. Um, losing more sec was larger than I think a lot of people would know because you don't really have a true post presence after that. Um, and I see the text on Akira Jacobs, and I'll, I'll get to that in a little while. Um, but, you know, I mean, Harry Rulidef is not as true of a post, I think, as you'd like to believe because he's not as good of a post defender. Um, he is best around the three-point line and moving around uh, around the court, um, you know, getting in open spaces, uh, finding players. I mean, he's got other tools, but I wouldn't necessarily call him a, a strict post player. So 
you know, Cal State Fullerton will roll out about like four or five different post players. They're deep. Like they're not massively sized at the post, but they're deep at the post position. And that does make a little bit of a difference because they can roll a bunch of guys out. Uh, Hawaii's got to make sure that between McCoy and De Silva, and even behind that with Ruli Def, because Ruli Def was in foul trouble um, back on Saturday, that they don't find themselves in a position where they uh, they are hurt by foul troubles, especially uh, De Silva, who is uh, you know absolutely important. I don't think Cal State Fullerton's bigs are going to take him out way too much outside of uh, the the painted area. So that to me is where this game potentially gets won or lost by. Can Hawaii stay disciplined, and can Hawaii stay healthy in the post? And the healthy is more along the lines of foul trouble and all of that. So that's that, that's going to be one of um, one of the things I think we'll be talking about when when we tip things off uh, coming up in a couple of hours. But it's who else is going to rise to the challenge? Um, and and there have been games in which you've had to look for people to rise to the challenge. You know, texture from the three eight three via our Zephyr Insurance text line asked about Akira Jacobs and uh, said, uh, can Akira play post instead of shooting threes? And I think the answer right now is no. Um, Akira Jacobs, well, I mean, you don't want him to just shoot threes all the time. and That's, you know, all that he is. Um, you know, quite frankly, uh, Akira Jacobs needs to put on a, a bit more weight in the weight room, uh, which he is working on. I've, I've seen him there. Um you know, he does need to put on a little bit more muscle to be competitive in the post, especially on the defensive end. He is much more comfortable uh, as a shooter uh, on the outside. That's probably some of where his where his best work is. You know, just because he's a little taller doesn't necessarily mean that you fit the mold of a, you know, post player uh, or you fit the mold of you have to do this. I, I, I would think if we've watched basketball long enough, and I, and I think we have, we've watched the NBA long enough, um, you don't call Dirk Nowitzki a true post player, right? You don't call Kevin Durant a true post player, right? Um, size does not necessarily always tell you position. And, and so that's why with Akira Jacobs, if he's playing the four, uh, which you will see him in, in some instances play the four, it's not necessarily as a post four as it is more of a, um, you know, just just a, a taller body on the floor, which can potentially create some defensive matchups on the opposing side because Jacobs is going to hang around the three-point line. Um, but I think the other thing is I think about Hawaii basketball tonight, and you can get into the conversation at 808-296-1420. Um, I had a conversation with someone earlier today uh, really more about like okay how do how do you put everything in perspective because that's the right right that's the area where as you hit the midway point of this season or at least the conference season that's kind of where we are at now is is the midway point once Hawaii hits its 10th game of conference play tonight is realistically what work do you have in front of you? There are pluses and minuses to Hawaii's current situation. And Hawaii's current situation, for those that don't know, Hawaii is 3-6. and six. Um, If the season were to end today, Hawaii would be in a tie for 8th. For Hawaii would make the tournament. The teams that would not make the tournament 
would be uh, Cal Poly and would be uh, UC Riverside. Hawaii would be in. Um, but I think there are two things that kind of come to mind on the situation you're in. One is there is kind of this logjam in the middle I'd say from like five down, maybe even four down, right after you get past UC Irvine and UC San Diego and UC Davis. The difference between getting a single buy and being out is the difference of two and a half games. UC Santa Barbara right now, if if the season would end today, UC Santa Barbara's a four. That's the two and a half game difference on, or I should say UC Santa Barbara is a, a, a three, I beg your pardon. Long Beach State is the four. Same way, you have to take uh, San Diego out of the equation. The difference between four and out is two and a half games because Long Beach State is five and four and UC Riverside is three and seven. And pretty much everybody is going to hit the midway point tonight, if not Saturday, because UC Riverside already has. So think about it that way. As, as you have the rest of the conference schedule remaining, you've got another, what, four and a half, five weeks left to go, is that there is plenty of room to make or break your year here. Obviously in conference, because you're playing teams twice, nobody is a secret any, at any point. So you know, a lot of these games, they can very well be toss-ups, given that I don't think many of these teams are massively separated from one another. But it also means that let, let's put Hawaii in the situation that we were just talking about. Hawaii is two games out of fourth. Um, and that's, and I, I realize for some people that sounds like an absolute stretch to even throw it out that way because we've seen what has happened to Hawaii with a three and six conference mark. And that's absolutely fair. I totally get it. Um, but with 11 games left, to try to determine your fate, um, two games out is not impossible. Also, and this is why I like the idea, and I had this conversation with someone earlier today, I like the idea of having something to play for every day um, to make sure you have a playoff atmosphere every night you're, you're on the court. Hawaii is certainly in that position. Two games out of fourth, Okay, you could have a, a great second half of the year, and you could find yourself with a single bye. Two games out of fourth, and you struggle over the next 11 games, you might be out, or you might be sitting at a 7 or 8 seed uh, having to fight your way through four games in four days, and you might have to look at it from, from that perspective. So the challenge is there. Is the whole panic button conversation is, and, and I know a lot of people have hit it, and it's been understandable, is the panic button conversation real? Sure. It's real because no one expected Hawaii to be 3-6 and six at this point in time. But is there the opportunity to write some of the things that haven't happened in the first half of the year? And I'd say absolutely that opportunity is there. And I circle this game specifically because unlike any other team, the team that has been the thorn in Hawaii's side the last two years has been Cal State Fullerton. Five consecutive wins over the Rainbow Warriors, one of them in the Big West Tournament, three of those five games going down to overtime. Um, it is no secret, this has been kind of the rivalry. 
this has been the the matchup that you circled because you know it's going to be really tough. Um, you know that Cal State Fullerton likes to get in your head a little bit. And you also know that um, if you want, I, I it's not a, to me, it's, it's not hyperbole here. If you want to jump into the second half of this year with as much confidence as you could ever give yourself, this is the game to do it. Imagine tonight if you could end that five-game slide against the Titans, do it on their home floor where Cal State Fullerton has been very good at home in the last two-and-a-half seasons. Not as much this year, but generally the last two-and-a-half seasons, Cal State Fullerton's been really good at home. Do it at their place and kind of get the... um, get that problem off of you, that's the jumping point. You end that. Saturday, we all remember what happened the first time Hawaii played UC Irvine at home. You remember that? That was one of the toughest losses Hawaii has had all year. You continue that trend. You keep it on the road. You get a better result against UC Irvine. Now now the season has a different conversation. It has a different tone to it that would make people look at things very, very differently. So tonight feels like, even though the the second half of the season really starts on Saturday against UC Irvine, just by strict number of games, it feels like the second half of the season really actually does start tonight um, with the rematch against Cal State Fullerton. And a road win would be massive. Massive for Hawaii uh, to really start to try to turn things around. Beating Cal Poly is a start. Now you got to parlay that into some bigger wins against some bigger teams. And Cal State Fullerton, by the way, they're kind of fighting in the same boat Hawaii is. Hawaii's in a tie for eighth. Fullerton's in a tie for fi- uh, for sixth. Um, so they, they're, they've got a lot of wiggle room where a loss could send them free-falling, although they've won three in a row coming in. A win could put them in a position where they've got a little better of a challenge with teams like UCSB and Long Beach State. So um, tonight's big on both sides. I think more so for Hawaii. If you just focus on on Hawaii's front, this is a chance to really turn your fortunes uh, on a night like tonight. We'll see how that how, uh, how that works coming up in a couple of hours. Gary Dickman and I will have Rainbow Warrior Countdown presented by Hawaii Pacific Health. That will start things off at four o'clock. Uh, tip off about 5.02 from about Titan Gym, which is, uh, if I were to walk there, uh, probably about, what, five to eight minutes away from where I'm currently sitting here on a uh, wet afternoon in Fullerton. You can get in touch with us. Our Zephyr Insurance text lines at 808-296-1420. You can call us at uh, 808-296-1420. Uh, plenty of ways that you can get in touch with us. And, of course, uh, don't forget, I'm on the, uh, the X platform, formerly known as Twitter. Uh, you can get to me at Josh on the radio. We'll turn to the NFL coming up in a little bit because uh, the Dallas Cowboys lose a coordinator and they watch a player go after their coaches on their podcast, which leads to the next question. Is there a bigger problem that maybe we've just kind of ignored? That's on the way in a little bit. Hey, watch uh, the NFL's big game with friends at 850 Craft Beer and Whiskey Bar. It's home of the big video wall. And they've got a new menu, crispy lechon pork, chili with bacon, wrapped hot dog, pizzas made to order, and they've also got chopsteak, garlic, shrimp, 
and so much more. If that's not a big game menu, I don't I don't know what it is. Uh, eight fifty craft beer and whiskey bar at Leeward Bolt. They are in the Pearl City Shopping Center. Make sure you check them out. It is Let's Talk Sports. Josh Pacheco in for Kanoa Leahy. You're listening to ESPN Honolulu. Josh Pacheco filling in for Kanoa Leahy. He'll be back tomorrow. Uh, Let's Talk Sports on ESPN Honolulu. I'm assuming he'll be back with uh, Brian McInnes tomorrow from the Spectrum News app. ESPN Honolulu brought to you by Pigskin Picks. You can play along at ESPNHonolulu.com. Of course, the big game uh, coming up on February 11th. So still chances to win. Of course, the big prize at the end of the year. Play along with us at ESPNHonolulu.com. It is brought to you by M. Dyer Global and by Young's Fish Market. So um, since we have tried, and I, I go back to the afternoon show, we have tried to make it a stupid free environment, which I know is hard when, when my voice is going over the air. Um, and I say that because everybody's been trying to have their, their really dumb takes on Taylor Swift, and I've tried to make it a point, you know what? I think we're above it because now it's getting very political and stuff, and it's just not its not very good. Um, yeah, I have the TV on in the hotel room um, nonstop because, A, I just don't like it dark in here. Uh, but, B, that's all that shows up, um, and half of it is just it's, it's dumb and it's childish. So, unfortunately, a lot of times that's been where the Super Bowl conversation is, is that. Uh, and that's what happens when you have a week and a half between, uh, well, two weeks between championship games and uh, the Super Bowl. But it also leads to coaching, which is good because it gives us an opportunity to allow us to to give you what the league gives us. The league gives us these observations or these opportunities um, to really kind of look at the rest of the league and see what's going on there. And thankfully... Um, it isn't hard to find content that fills the rest of the league conversation because that's where the Dallas Cowboys come in. And the Cowboys have certainly made a few waves here in the last several hours. First, they're going to need a new defensive coordinator because uh, D.C. Dan Quinn has taken the job uh, with the Washington Commanders. Uh, so basically now, we've also filled things out. So... Uh, we're now looking at next year when we start getting to, to hires or even starting to set a short list into mid-year if teams uh, all of a sudden want to uh, you know fire coaches midway. You start putting together your short list of candidates for what you want to do at that point. That's another story. But now everything is, is filled up now that Dan Quinn is uh, uh, going to Washington. But it's led to another thing, and, and that is understanding – where the real problem is there in Dallas. Because in the last week, we've had Jerry Jones keep Mike McCarthy. Uh, early in the last couple of weeks. We've had Jerry Jones not close the door on working with Bill Belichick when he was asked about it at the, uh, at the Shrine Bowl. And he was like, eh, eh. love working with him. Didn't say no to it. Didn't give confidence in his current staff. Just said, yeah, he's a friend. I wouldn't close the door on working with him. But is is that the biggest problem? Is it Jerry Jones? Is it coaches? Or is there a, how, how do we put it? Is, is there a dysfunction problem that is even deeper than that? 
I want to take you to Micah Parsons. Micah Parsons on uh, the Edge podcast, and, and Micah Parsons very, very good. But Micah Parsons also very, very outspoken. This was him uh, on his podcast talking about um, basically playing defense and pretty much saying, you know what, I don't call the plays. I just play defense. This was him on, on, on the Edge podcast. I can only play what it's called. Whatever they're calling, whoever personnel they're putting on, I'm not putting out personnel. I'm not putting out uh, the calls. There, nothing's coming from me. So you could put that and sh- put that wherever you want to be or wherever you want to put it, but they're not coming from me. The package is in. I've even told multiple players, coaches, that I'm very fine playing linebacker and playoffs if that's what y'all want me to do. I just want to win. So let, let's translate that. It's I don't call the plays. I don't come up with the formations. I don't do any of those things. I just play. And hey, I I don't mind playing linebacker. I don't mind doing this. I don't I don't mind doing that, but all that other stuff I'm not responsible for. This this can happen when you decide that you want stars which you would expect at a place like Dallas, and you have all these expectations, you want stars. You want talent. But then what you forget when you do that sometimes is while you have all of that, you also need to have cohesion. And quite frankly, what I see at the moment is no cohesion. I mean, just imagine, you know, in, in the last six to eight hours as you take in someone that is complaining about his coaches and he's someone on the defensive side of the ball, he's complaining about his coaches and then you realize, oh, that coordinator on the defensive side of the ball, oh, he just got a job to become a head coach. So all you're complaining about what your coaches do or don't do or call or don't call, um, that guy, much maligned as he might have been, that guy was good enough to get a head coaching job. It's Washington. It's not a great coaching job, but it's better than being a D.C. And your answer to that is what? Tells me that it's less of a problem on coaching, at least with coordinators, you you know what what I feel about Mike McCarthy as a head coach, and you know how I feel about Jerry Jones and the organization in general. So don't get me wrong when I say um, I am not going to sit here and tell you the coaching staff is absolutely uh, blameless for everything that has gone on in the last couple of years. But no one can sit here and also say that the players are being coached by lousy people, and that's why the players are bad. You have to have some sort of functionality. Not dysfunctionality. You need some sort of functionality. That, you know, especially in this day and age, you can have players that have their own podcasts. Take Draymond Green has one. So many of them have theirs. But that when they turn on their computers and they open up whatever podcast program they use to record or go you know live record or whatever it is that when they hit record or they hit start whatever button that they push 
that they're smart enough to realize, you know, I have a really good platform here. I want to connect with the fans. I want to, um, you know, be open. I want people to enjoy it. Uh, but I'm also not going to throw people under the bus that I work with. You know, Draymond Green's got a, a really good podcast. You know what Draymond doesn't do a lot of for all the people that com- complain about him? He has some pretty fresh takes for people you know, in this industry that we relate to. But he rarely ever throws the people that he works with, coaches, players, etc. Rarely ever. I mean, I think he's done it maybe once. Rarely ever under the bus. And that's why he is supported as a teammate because he has a platform that could allow him to do far worse than what he does on the court, and he doesn't do it. But here, Micah Parsons has had a couple of podcast series of late where he has basically used it to um, air dirty laundry. The Dallas Cowboys have enough dirty laundry. Haven't you noticed? Uh, They've got enough problems going on. The last thing they need is a player um, to start making it seem like, oh, not me. Problem's not me. We're not winning. Coaches, don't, don't put it on me. Between that and then now all the concerns about what Dak Prescott's going to do, it tells me that it's not as simple as, hey, let's go find new coaches. What it sounds like to me is that this organization needs uh, a cleaning of house. You can keep Jerry Jones in whatever organizational structure you want him to be, This has nothing to do with a different head coach or a specific head coach. This just sounds like there's a lot of clutter in that house, and it all needs to go. All of it needs to go. Get rid of the players that can't keep their mouth shut when they're on a podcast and throw people under the bus. Get rid of them. Get rid of the coaches that have been stale and can't do the job. And then maybe with Jerry, maybe yeah, you go and find someone that uh, you know, can can run a front office. But it, it it's not as simple anymore, and I think you can see it now. It's not as simple as just hey, go find a replacement for Mike McCarthy. You're not winning a Super Bowl, and I think you can see why now. You're not winning a Super Bowl until everything is gone. Our number, 808-296-1420. That's our Zephyr Insurance text line. That's our phone in line. That's where you can uh, get in touch with us. Uh, coming up in six days, a really cool event that we invite you to be a part of. It is the National Letter of Intent Dinner for the University of Hawaii football program. It's put on by NACOA, and it's at the Sheraton Waikiki Beach Resort. That's February 7th. They've got individual tickets and tables for you to go down there and meet some of the new recruits and some of the new coaches and some of the players that are on the squad. Uh, get more info, and again, some individual tickets and tables still available. Get all the info at nakoa.org. It is uh, Let's Talk Sports. Kanoa he's out today. I'm Josh Pacheco. You're listening to ESPN Honolulu. Coming up in uh, just a little while, we've got uh, University of Hawaii Women's basketball tickets, Hawaii and UC Irvine coming up on Saturday. Of course, tonight, Hawaii and Cal State Fullerton, 7 o'clock, Simplify Arena at Stan Sheriff Center. Uh, So stand by for Saturday's tickets. We'll give away coming up 
in just a little while. Rand has been hanging on patiently at 808-296-1420. Rand, what's up? I just wanted to ask you if you're related to the running back for the Chiefs because um, <laughs> if that was a case, Josh, maybe you're putting your road trip broadcasting and you're going to go to the Super Bowl this Sunday because you're related to the running back, Pacheco, I think, from um, the KC Chiefs. Um, first off, no. uh, well, the game yes. is uh, a week from Sunday, so no. Uh, right, secondly, right, right. have you seen his skills and have you seen mine? Well, you're pretty fast when you're going to the concessions, you know, before you get back to, to go back on air because you know how it is, Josh. We've got to get our hot dog and soda and get back on the air, you know? Well, that's you. Mine, that's mine, is, uh, mine is candy sorry. to nibble on. It's not, it's not hot dog oh, and candy. soda. I need to, you know, uh, I need to be able need... to let words out of my mouth during a game, and a hot dog uh, yeah. and soda is not going to do it. Uh, but, yeah, no, not related, not going to the game, anyway. um, but certainly okay. I wish I was. Anyway, last question, Josh, on the, um, the broadcast. I talked to Gary... And I asked him, why can't you put the 49er announcers on the radio? Because we had, you know, no bearing to the Westwood guys, you know, with Kurt Warner, Hall of Fame quarterback, and that Kevin other guy that was the play-by-play man. But we have to hear Greg Papa and that other guy, Tim Ryan or whatever, to do the 49er game for the Super Bowl for us 49er fans. So there's a reason for it. There, there's actually a rule oh, okay. that says we can't do it, and, and that's why oh, no. that's why we can't. Yeah, and, and I appreciate the call, Rand. Oh. Thanks for thanks for calling Take in. Care. Here's the reason. So Take care. the NFL has rules in which if you have team related broadcasts, and I saw someone um, email this out to uh, someone in our, uh, our, our, uh, our our station just the other day. So the NFL, if you are an affiliate of a team you are allowed to take the affiliate broadcasts up to the divisional round. And that is wow. that's the last time, yeah. So that's that's the last time that you can take one of their games. After that, it's it's network broadcast only. Um, and it's and the NFL is not the only one that does it. Major League Baseball does it as well, so it's nothing new. Uh, but that's why, yeah, you don't get to hear uh, uh, Papa and T-Rock because uh, they are only heard in San Francisco for these games. Anyway, I'm looking forward to a great game. Yeah, for sure. Hey, thanks for calling, Rand. Appreciate you listening in. Uh, our number, 808-296-1420. You can uh, text us there. You can uh, call us there. Uh, the text line, of course, is our Zephyr Insurance text line. Uh, that's how you can get in touch with us. I, you know, I honestly, I didn't really know um, how many people really paid as much attention to the uh, – you know the the assignments like that, it, it, but you know it also. That's why you have, um, that is why you have a lot of uh, you know franchises have these local deals and that people like to hear local announcers. I am all with those people, absolutely am. Um, but league rules are league rules, which is uh, which is why it's done that way. Uh, texture from the 426 via our Zephyr Insurance hotline. Uh, if the Cowboys flail against both the Eagles, Kellen Moore, now their new OC, and the Commanders, with, uh, of course, Dan Quinn as their new defensive coordinator, how soon be co- uh, before Mike McCarthy gets a pink slip from Jerry Jones? Um, I'd say pretty soon. I'd say give it half of next year, and if the Cowboys aren't doing well, and... 
he has lost to at least one of those teams, if not both, or has beaten one of them, if not both, but has been ugly doing it. Um, I don't I don't see why you wouldn't pull the plug. I think there the other side to that is um, you know Jerry Jones. Pride is such a big thing with Jerry Jones. And I think there's a, a shot to the ego, a shot to his pride, if you lose a coordinator to another job and that coordinator goes to the other job and beats you. Uh, I don't know that, that Jerry Jones can handle that all that much. Uh, one more from the 781. Why so much Cowboys talk? They were 12-6 and six last year. One can say they overachieved. Put the Cowboys in a folder and file them away until they start playing again next fall. Uh, ask all of the Cowboys fans that uh, that live here, and there are plenty of them, uh, whether you like it or not. There are a ton of Cowboys fans that live here. Uh, tell them, hey, we're going to file away your team uh, until next year. And let me let me just jump in here for a second. Twelve and six is overachieving for that franchise. I can't believe that I just read that in a text message. 12 and 6 considered overachieving for, let me quote it, America's team. Man, you're on something if you really think 12 and 6 for them is overachieving with one of the best quarterbacks in in in, in the league. That you, you can't convince me on that. Uh let's give away tickets. We got Rainbow Wahine basketball uh coming up tonight, of course, uh but Saturday against UC Irvine is another big game. UC Irvine, as of right now, is the top team of the conference by a half game uh, over Hawaii and over UC Santa Barbara. And, and UC Irvine was supposed to play tonight, uh, but they end up getting a forfeit win because Cal Poly had to forfeit their game because of um, uh, illness within the program that's kind of eviscerated them. So Cal Poly forfeits. UC Irvine gets a win. So the uh, the Anteaters are a half game up on both UCSB and Hawaii going into tonight. And as we talked with Laura Beeman last night on uh, on off the bench here on ESPN Honolulu, you know, it's uh, it's it's a disadvantage in a way to be able to say, well, UC Irvine only has to prepare against one team this week, and that's us. That means they don't maybe their travel schedule's not as crazy where you play a game Thursday night and you fly in Friday. Now you can be a little more comfortable before you fly in. Like, Hawaii and UC Irvine takes even bigger importance on Saturday, uh, given that uh, UC Irvine's going to be coming in a little more rested to play this uh, Rainbow Wahine basketball squad. So let's give away tickets for that. Uh, we'll do uh, caller number 6 at 808-296-1420. And uh, caller number 6 is going to score two tickets to Saturday's Hawaii-UC Irvine women's basketball matchup. I'll also say this since we, we talked to Coach Beeman last night. I know they're doing Beeman's Big Bash uh, coming up in mid-February. I think it's, what, the 17th, I think it is, um, to try to have the largest crowd in uh, women's basketball history there at Simplify Arena at San Sheriff Center. Um, look at the importance of Saturday's game. Why wait till uh, two Saturdays from now? I, I know to get all the promotion out there, but why wait till then? I mean, let's have the conversation about creating a, a huge crowd for this Saturday because there are so many things at stake when those two teams get together. Let's uh, let's create a big crowd. Let's see if you can get close to breaking a crowd record this Saturday when those two teams get together. 
All right, uh, we'll tell you who wins those women's basketball tickets coming up in just a little bit. Uh, we'll also do our best and worst in just a moment. Let's Talk Sports on ESPN Honolulu is brought to you by Domino's Pizza Hawaii. Go check out the app. they got a lot of great deals there. That's the uh, Domino's Pizza app. Uh, they deliver aloha. Let's Talk Sports. Kanoa Lehi out, Josh Pacheco in. You're listening to ESPN Honolulu. Freddie and Harry coming up in uh, about 10 minutes from right now. Don't forget, Hunter Hughes has uh, former Hawaii football quarterback Drew Brown this afternoon on Off the Bench here on ESPN Honolulu. Gary Dickman and I will talk to you at 4 o'clock for Rainbow Warrior Countdown presented by Hawaii Pacific Health, leading you into the uh, Bows and the Titans from Titan Gym here in Fullerton. Congratulations to Jeffrey in downtown Honolulu. Uh, Jeffrey's going to check out uh, Rainbow Wahine basketball on Saturday night. It's a biggie. UC Irvine is going to be at the very least uh, by itself at the top of the conference. Hawaii could join them. Hawaii could also be joined by UC Santa Barbara, depending on what happens tonight. Uh, basically, first place will be on the line, or at least a share of first place will be on the line when Hawaii and UC Irvine meet Uh Saturday night. So uh, more tickets to give away for that coming up uh, this afternoon with Hunter on off the bench and more men's volleyball and women's basketball tickets tomorrow on uh, the Bobby Curran show, the sports animals in the morning, of course, right here and uh, on the afternoon show. All right. uh, Best and worst. uh, My best is going to go to uh, Baltimore Ravens tight end Mark Andrews. This story has been making the rounds recently. It sounds kind of too good to actually be true that it did happen, um, but it did. This happened earlier today. Uh, Mark Andrews was on a uh, Southwest Airlines flight from Baltimore to Phoenix, and on this flight, there was a woman who suffered um, a, a medical incident. There were people on the plane who were uh, medical professionals. There was a doctor and a nurse who were passengers on the plane, and they went to go and help her. Uh, she had a, a, a extremely low heart rate pulse and blood pressure and they were trying to figure they were trying to I think find her her pulse and they were having a really hard time. And Mark Andrews gets up and says, hey, um, maybe it, you know what is her blood sugar levels like? Is, is her blood sugar level low? And he's a diabetic. I didn't I didn't realize. So he had his um, his test kit with him and showed the doctor and the nurse how to use the the test kit. They gave her orange juice. She was able to get through and actually walk off the flight, ended up getting an evaluation and refused any further treatment, ended up being um, in stable condition. Uh, but Andrew's coming through in the clutch. He did ultimately release a statement through the team um, saying, and I quote, in addition to the fast-acting flight attendants, the real heroes are the nurse and doctor who also happened to be on the plane. Thankfully, they were able to provide the woman the quick assistance she needed. Um, ultimately, I mean, Mark Andrews, I think, has been considered largely a pretty good dude in the league. And so uh, reading a statement of him deflecting all the credit to him uh, and uh, and giving that elsewhere sounds very on-brand for Mark Andrews. So um, sometimes the right people, some people believe in it, sometimes the right people uh, are put in the right places, and uh, he certainly was one of them. So, uh, great job by Mark Andrews. My uh, my worst today, 
the fact that we are still even debating the MVP conversation. ESPN.com today uh, has a piece out of their different analysts voting for who they believe is the NFL MVP. And what I'm still kind of finding myself wondering is, how are we not unanimously thinking about Lamar Jackson? And, and I, I, I mean this in all seriousness. They have 12 different analysts that do their MVP votes. And one of those panelists, I don't necessarily know who it is, one of those panelists believed that Dak Prescott was the MVP of the National Football League this year. Two of those panelists believed that Josh Allen was the MVP of the National Football League this year. You know what that means? Christian McCaffrey got zero. Christian McCaffrey is a much better MVP candidate than most of the people that everybody's willing to put on the list. And again, um, I'm a big believer that Lamar Jackson should be undeniably the MVP of the National Football League with 24 touchdowns, uh, seven interceptions as a passer, five rushing touchdowns. I mean, did a lot of great work this year. But the fact that we're even debating, of all people, Josh Allen and Dak Prescott... Uh, makes me wonder how much we're actually watching of some of these games, or if we just still have people that just don't want to give uh, Lamar Jackson his flowers, which is also very possible. Uh, we're brought to you by Kahala. Upgrade your island style with Kahala, the original Aloha shirt since 1936. Pick one up for yourself at one of, one of Kahala's six stores island-wide or at kahala.com. Uh, All right, uh, Freddie and Harry's coming up next. Hunter's got you at 3 o'clock. I'll see you tonight for Rainbow Warrior Basketball. This is ESPN Honolulu.